get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Is there a team in the Canadian Football League today that is possibly hotter than it is in southern Manitoba today? I wonder, good God, if you're watching from outside of Winnipeg or Manitoba, check the temperature. It is hot. Good gracious. Let's bring in the man who stokes the fire here on Bonfire Sports. Hope you're staying cool. Zach Schnitzer, as we gather around the bonfire, how are you? Welcome inside Bonfire Midweek. Welcome, everybody. How are you doing? Oh, buddy, I'm doing good. I'm I'm feeling hot. I'm feeling all hot and bothered by my team. And uh, hey, I, I was outside. I did some yard work today, which was just dumb. No, you didn't. I planted a shrub. You dug a hole today. I dug a hole and planted a shrub. It was very, very foolhardy. I, I should have done it tomorrow. So, like, look, I've looked up the word fan or fanatic in the dictionary, and it means out of your mind. So you fit the bill for being the Winnipeg Blue Bomber super fan here <laughs> on Bonfire Sports. You're out of your mind, man. I, I went grocery shopping today, and... I like I had to race home so the the frozen uh, ground turkey I bought didn't right. turn into mush. Yeah. That's in that's insane. It was like it was, uh, it was felt 40 like minus, degrees. It felt like plus 41 today or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was I think it was actually minus 36 or minus 37 feeling like minus or plus, see, see plus. what I mean? I said minus by accident. Yeah, well, so so did I, because, hey, we're Manitobans, right? We're used to, when you start talking the 40s, you think minus 40. It's minus 40. It's February 14th. Happy Valentine's Day. It's minus 40. Yeah. It was plus 40 in Winnipeg. Yeah, that's brutal. But well, uh, not quite hydrated. as hot as our Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Cheers to Ken Weeb. Stay hydrated, Kenny. What's going on with Ken Weeb? Well, that's kind of the thing on Kenny and Rennie, right? Is stay hydrated. So, oh, it's it? yeah, he's he's got the water going. But hey, great to see everybody out there watching live on YouTube and Facebook. Great to see you, Zach. Uh, welcome inside once again to Bonfire Midweek. Hope you stay hydrated. It's hot outside. It's hot here inside uh, around the bonfire. What a CFL week two it was. What a football club this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team is. We got a lot to get to on the show. We're going to go ATL around the league, uh, talk about Winnipeg's win, Calgary, uh, BC and Edmonton. Oh, goodness. Uh, Chad Kelly, swag time. Uh, Bo Levi Mitchell, the Ticats. Um, look ahead to uh, week three, Zach. Ooh, I can't wait to get into our picks. Mm, Brought to you I by... Uh, sports interaction sia.com slash bonfire if you want to join in on the fun uh and and everything else that's going on right now lots of blue bombers news we're going to get into uh ahead of a huge game thursday oh, night yeah. here in winnipeg the madhouse will be rocking on matheson uh with the 2-0 bc lions in town to take on the 2-0 winnipeg blue bombers L 
let's start right there. Before we go around the league, the big question, okay? You got two undefeated teams in the West going head-to-head on Thursday night. Is this going to tell us if Winnipeg has anybody in the CFL that can hold a candle to them? Because right now the conversation is, is it Winnipeg and the rest? Or is Winnipeg a beatable team? Are they a team that, like, look, any any team's beatable any given Sunday, any given Friday yeah. or Thursday night. But are they in a class of their own? I think that's what we're going to find out, buddy, on Thursday at the Madhouse, right? Yeah. Like, if they lay a licking on the Leos, then it's Winnipeg and the rest of them are, rest of the league are losers. I see what you did there. I see Yeah, what you did. a lot of alliteration. Uh now, there is Toronto, right? They looked pretty good against Hamilton. Now, we don't yeah, – Hamilton didn't look very good, so I, I don't know how much you can take from that. But uh, we'll talk more about Chad Kelly. But Toronto's another team where I think yeah, maybe maybe they well, would be a tough out for the Bombers. But honestly, like I said, I think if we, if we beat the Lions by two scores, like we've beaten uh, Hamilton and, and we've beaten – who did we beat last week? Oh, remember they played the Riders? I know it's weird, right? June meeting between those two teams. It's so hot, my brain is melting. We, you know, we beat beat them both uh, by two scores. Um, I think you're looking at a juggernaut. Yeah. Uh, You say if we beat them by two scores, I say if they beat them by two scores. If you're listening closely here on Bonfire Sports, you'll notice that, right? You'll notice that. And, and that's okay. You see what Zach Schnitzer is wearing. You might be watching, yeah, uh, listening on the podcast afterwards. He has got his royal blue on, number 48, blazoned across his chest, the gold chain. Well, you got the bonfire hat. I don't, I don't blame you for that. I got my Sea Bears hat. Looking forward to the oh, game nice. Wednesday night. Sea uh, Bears ball. Oh, yeah. You're making fun of me now, hey? Uh, having a blast. Uh, I'm making know, doing... fun of you only because I'm in awe of your, your sure, vocal sure, talents, sure. buddy. Yeah, but, uh, you know, so you're wearing the blue and gold. I'm wearing the objective glasses, but uh, that's what you'll notice here on Bonfire yeah. is, is Zach may say we, I will say they, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, if they win by two scores, I would say they're the class of the CFL. People in the East might say, well, we'll see when they play Toronto. Do they have Toronto anytime soon? It's I a shame I don't that know. we don't have a Great Cup rematch for a real stretch of time. Yeah, week 17. Is that and right? We, yeah, Friday, September 29th. The Argos come to Winnipeg. Jeez. Friday night football. And we don't, uh, I, don't, I don't think we go there, do we? No. We just play them once again? That's the way it goes. Just like last year? It's the way it goes. But you know what? Bombers, Riders, three times in the regular season, plus once in the preseason, plus maybe once in the playoffs. I'll take that. Maybe. I'll take yeah. that. That's how it's uh, looking in the West that we'd probably see them. So you see the schedule on your screen. Week three coming up, but let's go back to week two. It was uh, a very entertaining week once again in the CFL. Uh, the Calgary Stampeders go into Ottawa. Still no Jeremiah Masoli, the Red Blacks are on a bye this week. No indication whether Masoli will be back for week four. They do come to Winnipeg, the Ottawa Red Blacks, that is, in CFL week six. Saturday, July 15th, they come to Winnipeg. I'm lying. Winnipeg goes to Ottawa Saturday, July 
uh, 15th. Am I on the ball today? July 15th. Okay. Um, but the Stampeders and uh, Ottawa Red Blacks uh, got things going with the Stamps coming away with an 11-point win. 26-15. Jake Mayer threw for 332 yards. No touchdowns. And it was Diedrich Mills who was carrying the rock 102 yards on the ground. That uh, number corrected had a touchdown. Uh, Of course, Kadeem Carey still on the six game injured list. Ottawa looks lost without their QB one. So I I think a lot of people in Ottawa are waiting for Jeremiah Masoli to get healthy. I don't blame them. They, they totally looked lost. I, I don't know what Arbuckle's doing. Um, I feel bad for the guy because he's kind of a journeyman at this point, but um, yeah, Bagleton had a big, big game, eight catches for 141 yards. But a lot of that seemed to come in the second half. In the first half, this game was pretty close with Dandridge mm-hmm. with the uh, kick return touchdown um, to make it close. But uh, yeah, Ottawa, Ottawa and Hamilton look listless. Stampeder's not really scaring anybody right now. Ottawa wins in the East. Uh, The Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Saskatchewan loved it. Uh, Match up uh, the Prairie Rivals in June. The Bombers were within three points. I should say the Riders were within three points of the Bombers in the middle of the third quarter. Then Janarian Grant blew the top off a Mosaic Stadium. Left the toilet seat up. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> with uh, just an, uh, a legendary 92-yard punt return touchdown. Mike O'Shea corrected us all. I thought it was two straight arms. If you showed me the clip, I would say two straight. He said three straight arms. And then the ability to turn the corner the way he did to show the grit um, and and just the, the will to make that return happen. Uh, put some distance between Winnipeg and Saskatchewan. The Riders lost a whole bunch of starters in the second half, and they lost the game in the second half. 45-27, the Bombers improved to 2-0. and The Riders 1-1 and on the season. Uh, Zach, you know, uh, it's been, what, eight, nine games in a row the Bombers have, have beat the Rough Riders. They, they really have their number. Eight in a row, baby. The grade eight with grade eight. Uh, Zach Kolaris, it's eight in a row, including playoffs. It's a it's just a, a wonderful feeling. Uh, the to beat our friends in Saskatchewan like a rented mule. It's just, uh, it's wonderful. And, you know, you're talking about the Janarian Grant return. I mean, he not only did he stiff arm guys, he's he's not a big guy, right? Janarian Grant, he's not a hulking figure by any means. And he was he was straight arming guys like Bruno LaBelle and Jorgen Hus, like guys who are like 100 pounds heavier than him, or not 100, but, you know. <laughs> bigger. Bigger guys. <laughs> Much bigger. Yep. And uh, guys that had the angle on him, he just yeah. turned the corner and and, and beat them, uh, was really something. Um, want to mention this. Uh, Chris Walby joins me for Game Day Winnipeg. It's your pregame show ahead of Bombers and Lions, as we always do the day before the game. So that goes tomorrow. That is Wednesday. We're going live at 3 o'clock, immediately following Hustler and Remo and Winnipeg Sports Talk. So if you're watching those guys, you'll join us automatically. Uh, But of course, you're going to find us uh, on the Bonfire Sports channel. Um, Chris and I are going to have some clips to play, including Mike O'Shea uh, on the kick return. What running hard means, like what that actually, actually means in football. Uh, Richie Hall, Buck Pierce, 
Uh, I got a one-on-one -on -one conversation with Brandon Alexander. Uh, I caught up with Bo Lacombo, the reigning CFL Most Outstanding Canadian, uh, the weak side linebacker of the BC Lions. I'm going to throw that up on YouTube uh, in the coming days as well, maybe maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. And um, want to make sure everybody knows uh, that, that new time with the Thursday game. Uh, moving on, Zach, to, well, Winnipeg's opponent. We were just, I was just mentioning the BC Lions. They got the big, you know, the free space on the bingo card, which is the Edmonton Elks right now. 22 nothing. The Lions just Sad. roll. And, and I wouldn't say the BC Lions in week two knocked anyone's socks off. It was a pretty methodic, um, you know, process to a 22 nothing victory. I think it was nine nothing or 12 nothing at halftime. Yeah. Uh, it was nine nothing. Just three, three half, field yeah. goals. Uh, but but yeah. Edmonton couldn't do anything offensively. They are completely inept. Do you think it's as crazy as me, Zach, that head coach Chris Jones, their general manager, says we have our quarterback? And that's that. No, it doesn't. It's not crazy to me. First of all, I think it's not just Cornelius. I think the whole offense looks lost. Like if if you can't get Kevin Brown some yards, their running back, who's a bit of a bit of a firecracker right if if he can't get any yards they can't run they can't run uh run run block you know the receivers sometimes looked like they didn't know what they were doing so i don't think it's just cornelius but cornelius is known to or corndog as they call him he's known to have accuracy issues so i don't know what they thought they were going to get you know why they thought that would magically improve this year but i think it's a coach just standing by his quarterback but it's also a coach that doesn't really care about his quarterbacks historically right like i think a lot of offenses who played under chris jones just probably feel ignored so uh, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me it's yeah. just sad edmonton was shut out for the first time in 47 years and now they return back home uh, we'll see what, uh, yeah. what they can get cooking against Chad Kelly and the Argonauts. Speaking of Chad but, Kelly, uh, yes, that Chad concluded Kelly. CFL week two and, uh, you know, Toronto had the week one by, so, uh, they go to week two, um, their, their own, you know, the first game of the season. And, uh, you know, overall, I think the, the, the main storyline coming out of this game. Yeah. As much as it is Chad Kelly and three rushing touchdowns, it's Bo Levi Mitchell still not looking comfortable or efficient or, or proficient in this tiger cats offense. And now apparently it looks like uh, a groin injury and Matthew Shianetti like of yeah. TSN, of course, fantastic reporter, better guy. Uh, he uh, was at um, tie cats practice uh, on Tuesday and, Talk to Orlando Steinauer and Steinauer says, Bo Levi Mitchell will dress. That's the kind of guy he is, is, is the way the, the head coach put it. Uh, but there is almost zero chance of, of Bo Levi Mitchell playing, which is interesting uh, with the Ticats home to Montreal on Friday. It's odd. Have you ever heard that before? Just say someone's going to, yeah, starting yeah. quarterback's going to dress and not play. It's, it's a little strange, but it's not completely out of the ordinary. Not completely. I, it's happened. It happens. Quarterbacks are like mean? coaches, right? What does that mean? He's not a hundred percent, but he's still going to dress because he's committed to the team. Like he's not, he doesn't give you as good a chance to win as Schiltz. Well, I don't think he's healthy enough to play. Yeah. So why is plain, he dressing? Plain and simple. 
Um, so why does he need shoulder pads on? Why does he need a jersey? I mean, why is he taking up a roster spot? Well, if they're going to dress three quarterbacks anyway, I understand. You know, Bo can be your your third stringer. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's My an absolute going up here. six alarm fire. I I don't I don't know. You know, it's not completely out of the ordinary. Teams have been known yeah. to do this in the past because the quarterback it's a different position. It's not like well, I'm I'm a linebacker sure. and I can't play at all and I'm going to dress. Uh, quarterback is a little bit different. Maybe like an but emergency if he's in, goalie. Like, do they have a quarterback on the on the practice roster? Put put the quarterback from the practice roster on. Third I'd have to look that I don't up. know. You know, if I'm Orlando Steinauer, am I even happy with what Bo's been put down on the table? He like he played like garbage against Toronto before he got injured. He threw two picks. One was egregious. He was threw it looked like Brett Favre, but it would he just tossed a duck back against his own uh, body. Um, yeah, he he was he looked terrible. Tie cats do not Which, have a fourth quarter. They don't have one. So I mean, yeah. and this this again like. I thought Bo was done last year. He showed me a little bit in week one and again uh, in his game against us, Darren, that he ha- maybe had some stuff left. Mm-hmm. But I don't know, man. That shoulder surgery, it just seems to affect his his entire throwing motion and his accuracy and his, I don't know, but his decision making. I, I don't know but if maybe... it's a physical, like like the, the lower body injury that's keeping him out for week no. three. And probably but that aside. Yeah. When, when it comes to his shoulder and, and what you're talking about, I don't think it's anything physical that's holding him back. I really don't. You don't think so, eh? No. No, I Just think mental? he's... I think he is... Yeah, mental or it's, um, you know, just the, the you know, the, the gel or the chemistry with the team or or the, the comfortability. As much as I hate that word, comfortability. Yeah, I hate that word too. The the comfort with uh, that offensive system. Um, I I don't think it's it's uh, you know uh, he can't throw as well as he used to. I, I but I, was, I never I saw don't. Bo Levi Mitchell throwing back across his body in Calgary like just that, a poorly thrown ball like that. Like that's just decision making. There wasn't even a tight cat receiver in the vicinity. Yeah. Like he's trying too hard almost. Right. Right. Remember Matt Nichols when, um, not, not nothing injury, uh, comparison, but remember when Matt Nichols was like, everyone was talking about being a game manager and then he would go out there and almost try too hard. Like he would try to make throws and try to do things, especially late in the game to like really give Winnipeg an advantage and blow the doors off the opponent sort of thing. Um, he would turn the ball over. I think that's what we see from Bo Levi. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. So Could it was be. a 32-14 victory for the Toronto Argonauts. They're 1-0. The Ticats, 0-2. And uh, home opener without their franchise quarterback uh, in a great cup Again, year. It's, it's really yeah, something. Against a beatable team in Montreal and a divisional opponent. And if they lose that game, boy, oh boy. Yeah. Well, and Montreal coming off a bye too. So they've been yeah. preparing. They've yeah. been prepping. They've been watching. They've uh, been prepping. So, yeah. Speaking of uh, watching. Where do you like to watch the games? Maybe you want Shannon's to go to Irish pub, of course. Yes. Maybe you want to head down to Shannon's Irish pub. 21 beers on tap, all your favorite drinks, cocktails, shots, uh, as well as um, just outstanding food. Like I say it over and over again, their wings are off the charts. So many good flavors uh, and they are not uh, to be messed with. You, you got to go. 
to Shannon's and, and check out their wings and tons of other really, really good food items uh, on their menu. 175 Carlton Street, just a quick slant down the block from True North Square, uh, underneath the streets of Winnipeg, a bit of a hidden gem, uh, awesome atmosphere there. So go see our friends at Shannon's Irish Pub. Okay, uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers hit the practice field on Monday. I was there. Uh, I dropped a quick update on the health situation of Winnipeg coming out of that week two win in Regina, going into week three at home against BC. Brady Oliveira, is officially listed as doubtful, not questionable, doubtful. That's a downgrade uh, when it comes to an injury designation. Thorax is what it's listed as. What is that? Well, the thorax is anything from your neck to your groin and, you know, your left rib to your right rib. It's the entire torso. So could be anything. Uh, But but that's the official injury designation (laughs) on on Brady Oliveira. Demario Houston, uh, personal issue has not been at practice, uh, the last couple days. Um, Alden Darby, uh, was back practicing on day two. Um, who am I missing? Show. Oh yeah. Dalton show. Probably going to be good to go, but, uh, you know, he, he was an absolute beast. Uh, he took a couple of huge shots. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. And Zach Kolaris took a couple of huge shots downfield to adult and shown eight nice. catches on 12 targets for nice, 145 dude. yards and a touch you take a shot Ooh. buddy you yep. take a shot for that yeah i take a shot for that no doubt um so overall I, I think winnipeg is going to be looking okay i'm going to pull up the injury report for the bc lions but this is a short week for bc right right Very they short, played yeah. on uh saturday. saturday and now they're playing yeah. thursday in winnipeg so they got travel on the road they got a short yeah. week Um, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out, but, uh, what are you seeing from the Winnipeg blue bombers right now, Zach? Uh, I know that it gives you, we always take a couple days speaking of taking a shot. You take a couple days after taking some shots. Yeah. Theoretically, or, or, or (laughs) I jokingly say that, but, uh, when you can sober up a little bit and, and, and yes, sir. Well, as I always do my questions, concerns and crazy good moment, buddy. Uh, question, you know, I noticed it was Drew Brown again on short yardage. Mm-hmm. Ever since Piggy T got stuffed twice uh, by the Hamilton Tiger Cats on the goal line in the first half of our home opener, um, we haven't seen him. And Mike O'Shea Ooh. talked about that on his show, said uh, right now Drew Brown has it down and Piggy T needs a little more practice. So he actually, uh, Mike O'Shea actually gave some information. So Piggy T not really up to snuff quite yet, but uh, I I I don't think it's over for Piggy. I think uh, you don't want to risk Drew Brown if you don't have to. So I see them using Piggy. Maybe Piggy just has to get more comfortable with short yardage. Uh, the other question I had was, are the Bombers getting more ballsy? Did you see when they went for it? Third and two, they were down 21-17 in the third quarter, Darren. And they go for it on third and two at about the rider 10-yard line. And they don't just try and rush the ball. Kolaris throws a sweet fade route to uh, Carlton Agadosi, who's in man-on-man coverage, one-on-one coverage, and he draws the P.I., much to the ire of Saskatchewan fans. I was listening to their post game, uh, and uh, they weren't too happy about that call, but I think it was a foul. Anyway, going for it on third and two, uh, when you could kick a field goal, a chip shot to go down by one, and it's early, still in the third quarter, is not very Bombers-like. 
they're usually more methodical and, con- and conservative. So I'm wondering if what are we seeing a new trend? Are they so confident in Aigadosi in one-on-one coverage because he's such a big man that they think you know he's either going to catch it for a touchdown or he's going to draw a pi flag, which he did. So that's those are my questions, concerns. So I was thinking about you know they 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 give up four bills plus in pass yardage to Trevor Harris and that Ryder offense. Is that a point of concern for a Bomber fan? Maybe a little bit, but then you know once once Saskatchewan went up uh, 21-17, the Bombers outscored them twenty eight to six in this in the third and fourth quarter. 28 to 6. And that's just what our dark side defense does. You can get yardage on them, but they're not going to give up points at critical times. So you know what? I'm not actually concerned about the amount of pass yardage they gave up. And you know, Trevor Harris is like an ace pitcher. You know, when he's on, he gets the ball out fast. One, two, three, he throws it. When he's on, he's really accurate. You it's hard to stop that. I mean, especially when you don't want to get beat deep, you're going to play off a little bit. So I'm not concerned. I don't know about you, fire starters. Are you concerned about the amount of yardage they gave up? Like I said, it was over 400 yards. But you know what? They settled for field goals after that, and the Bombers were 5 for 5 in the red zone. So there you go. And, of course, my crazy good moment is the Janarian Grant touchdown. How can it not be? Now, uh, Darren, I don't know if you read this on 3Down, but uh, Gizmo was saying that it, it wasn't so – like it wasn't so much – Janarian that torched the riders as they were missing tackles. I think it was a little bit of both, column A, column B. I mean, he stiff-armed one of his stiff arms, he actually used it to push off and propel him to the outside to break contain. Yeah. It was just nuts what he did. And I have to say though, nobody's talking about the nice Jake Kelly block at the end of it, too, because he was running out of steam at the end, Janarian, and Jake Kelly gets in front of a uh a Saskatchewan Rough Rider uh, tackler. So that was pretty spectacular. I'll get your thoughts on that one in a second, whether, you know, what you think of it in comparison to Gizmo. Gizmo had 31 of them. That's crazy. Showing, <laughs> uh, Gennarian Grant only has 10 now. The other the other crazy good moment, I when I watched it again, was the Shown Shoe Top touchdown catch mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Like, he, like, Claris throws it. He's, he's surrounded by three guys. Kolaris throws it the only place down in a way that where there's no defender and shown picks it up basically off the turf. Like it was really a true shoe top catch. The The skill on display there was insane. So that, that was another one, but just Zach throwing it in only the only place that uh, Dalton could get it without getting knocked away or picked off. And uh, he trusts his uh, receiver to go get it. But anyway, Buddy, like, what did you, any further thoughts on that Janarian Grant uh, return? I'll just say this. I don't know if I'm a fan of of comparing a kick return touchdown from 2023 to a kick return touchdown from 1993 or whenever. I'm just, I'm just not a fan of that. It's like the, you know, uh, the, the, the conversations about, you know, the GOAT. And, and comparing Michael Jordan to LeBron James and Kobe or uh, comparing uh, Warren Moon to Doug Flutie to uh, Anthony Calvillo and, and those sorts of things. Um, I think Janarian Grant had one of the greatest kick returns of all time. And I can yeah. say that because 
I'm not comparing it to the 2000s or the 90s or the 80s or the 60s or whatever. Um, I think it's just take it for what we saw. It was incredible. Yeah. It was outstanding. It was a true highlight in the truest yeah. sense of the word. Um, and uh, good on him. Good on everybody that was on the field for Winnipeg. Um, Jake Kelly and, and to the other 10 guys, uh, in addition to Janarian Grant, that that all did their job uh, on that. Uh, it was awesome. And I, yeah. I think we should just leave it at that, you know, and, and three down nation, they're, they're doing what they do. Right. And they are, uh, trying to answer a question that fans are talking about. So I get that, but I'm just not one for, for making those comparisons. Well, and I, I lastly on that, I saw, they posted the Gizmo Williams touchdown that Gizmo said was better than Grant's. And he, he kind of runs into a pile and then miraculously gets out of it. It was pretty good. Uh, it was a good return, but Grant's, I don't know, man. That was just crazy. And I have my blue and gold glasses, as you know, Darren, right? Uh, blue and gold prescription lenses. But <laughs> I I just thought, like, it, it, it's, I watched it again. It wasn't that Saskatchewan was missing tackles left and right. Janarian, like, Janarian Grant stiff armed them. Like, <laughs> they weren't just missing him. He stiff-armed guys that were way heavier than him, and he outran the angle there on contain, which was crazy. Yeah. And then he, he, you know, he ran probably, what, 170, 180 yards? Insane. Yeah. The, the, the Canadian field, as many of you out there know, roughly 65 yards wide. Not exactly, roughly. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I don't know, 63 point something. Anyway. Um, the, I think Brandon Alexander said, I think he ran 200 yards, right? <laughs> um, but Mike O'Shea and Brandon Alexander, who we're going to hear from on game day, Winnipeg in the pregame show Wednesday live at three o'clock with Chris Walby. You'll hear them say one word in describing that kick return. And without giving away those interviews that you'll see on the show tomorrow, the word they used was grit. Mm. Janarian Grant knows how to initiate contact, not just receive contact. Mm -hmm. He knows how to fight even when it looks like he's going to get tackled by two guys. All types of players have speed, right? All types of players have speed. Yeah. But not yeah. everybody is a good kick returner. Yeah. Not everybody is a good punt returner because they might see two guys angling on them and they'd be like, you know what? I'm going to double back because speed is what I usually use to beat people. Yeah. Engineering Grant goes, you got two angles on me. I'm going to push you just enough to gain that inch or in Canada centimeter uh, <laughs> and gain that gain that small edge to then beat you. And that I think grit is such a great word uh, that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, coaches and players used in, in describing that return. Awesome moment. Week two yeah. and, and already uh, uh, a uh, play of the year yeah. candidate. Play of the year for sure. As Adam uh, Big Hill pointed out. But uh, I like what Waiters is saying that uh, that Janarian has has returned a touchdown, a kick return touchdown in three of his last four games. If you include the playoffs last year, that's nuts. What what was he doing in Hamilton? I guess he was asleep at the wheel. But BC in the West Finals, Toronto in the Grey Cup, and now yeah. like it's wow. it's nuts. And Waiters is also saying Mark Killam, the special teams coordinator, um, 
very well-respected special team coordinator of the Calgary Stampeders said Grant is the only player that keeps him up at night. Wow. I can see that. That's awesome. But, you know, Janarian Grant, like, not to get into our preview yet, but I should say just just to tee up the game, Darren, how 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 many kick returns did he get on the BC Lions last year, including playoffs? Was it two or three? They seem to really struggle on uh, punt well, and kick coverage against BC Grant. struggled. BC struggled on kick coverage all year against everybody. It was one area where they were brutally weak. Yeah. Um, so, you know, uh, I don't think that was a Winnipeg versus BC thing, but I, but I hear what you're saying, but they're vulnerable uh, to it. So that could yeah. make, that could be a big, uh, big advantage for Winnipeg on Thursday. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Speaking of Thursday, let's pull up the injury report here. Let me uh, get rid of that uh, bonfire logo and uh, looking at the injury report through two days of practice. So through Tuesday, uh, Wednesday is walkthrough day. So no practice on Wednesday uh, for either the Lions or the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. So this is your final injury report ahead of that Thursday tilt at IG Field. Um, the ones we're looking most closely at Mike Jones, defensive back, of course, uh, one of the outstanding Winnipeg Blue Bombers players in the 2019 victory in Calgary over the Hamilton Tiger Cats, uh, healthy scratch last week looks to be good to go. They, they may decide to, uh, to move to him, but this is the biggest one. Dom rhymes, their leading receiver from last season has been ruled out with a foot injury, but lucky whitehead. He missed the first two games of the season. Well, or sorry, injured week one, missed last week uh, with a, a soft tissue hamstring. Um, so uh, he is a full participant the last two days and looks good to return for BC. So so they'll be okay. They'll be all right. Um, here is Winnipeg. I don't know, man. I, hey? I, I, Whitehead, sorry to interrupt. But Whitehead doesn't scare me very much anymore. No, I like the reason I say the BC Lions will be good is because they've got a ton of depth at receiver. So yeah. if you lose Dom yeah, Rhymes and you gain yeah. Lucky Whitehead, it's kind of a wash to me. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I like, hey, you know, if I'm a fantasy team owner, would I rather have Dominique Grimes than, yeah. than Lucky Whitehead? Yeah, yeah, I would. But yeah. I don't know. Lucky's one of those guys that like against his former team and, and you know, everybody in the building at the Madhouse on Thursday, knows who Lucky Whitehead is. They're going to be watching him more than a Dominique Rhymes. they would be. So, What was the last time they played? Juice. Last time they played against Lucky Whitehead, didn't uh, Brandon Alexander knock him out of the game? Maybe I'm thinking in 2021. I might be thinking 2021. <laughs> well, what <laughs> I wonder like is... Okay, so look, anybody placed on the injury report, meaning you miss because of... Um, you know, uh, a personal issue, like you see here, Demario Houston, not injury related, uh, did not practice this week. He's questionable. Anybody on the list, whether it is illness or whether it is a hip or a thorax <laughs> or a personal issue or whatever it may be, not injury related, you are questionable. That's the minimum designation on the injury report. Okay. But Brady Oliveira is doubtful. Now, Monday, he did practice a little bit. They put a did not practice, DNP did not practice designation here. He kind of practiced, but not really much. And when it came to the 12 on 12 reps and and the real work, 
uh, Brady did not participate. So he is listed as doubtful. He has not been listed out. So fantasy owners and, and the rest beware. Uh, Brady Oliveira is possible to play, but listed as doubtful. Dalton Schoen, because he didn't practice on Monday, full participant Tuesday, questionable, as will be minimum. Tui Eli, uh, has been on uh, the one-game injured list to start the season. He is questionable. My understanding is by deciphering the uh, CFL transaction wire, Zach, that uh, Jacob Scott, uh, S-Z-O-T-T, Jacob Scott, uh, has uh, been deactivated from the active roster, likely going on the practice roster. So maybe Tuieli is back uh, healthy and, and good to go. We'll see about that. Alden Darby Jr. had an illness this week, uh, practiced fully on Tuesday. He is very likely uh, good to go. We'll see what's up with Demario Houston. We'll probably get a better picture. Um, well, we'll definitely get a better picture when the the, the depth chart comes out Wednesday morning. But uh, Wednesday, late morning and into the afternoon, we'll get word from head coach Mike O'Shea on uh, the issue with uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers' current starting boundary corner. Well, and and you saw what happened to the Riders without Nick Marshall, their starting boundary corner. I mean, they they uh, Zach Zach attacked that side of the field. It's interesting because Winston Rose is still on what he's out, right? So who do they who how do you see them uh, accounting for Demario Houston if he's out? Well, Winnipeg is, I mean. If if they have to activate a guy off the practice roster, Abu Durame Soare could, you know, come in. Maybe Desmond Lawrence moves from field corner to boundary yeah. corner. Um, here, I'll pull up the depth chart from last week and uh, have people take a look. So this was week two at Saskatchewan. This is not for this week against BC. This is, as you see at the top, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Demario Houston, if he can't go, maybe they'll bump Desmond Lawrence over here. He is a yeah. CFL veteran, third year in the league. Uh, so I don't think that would be too much of an issue. Maybe you bring Abu Durame Soare here. Um, I don't think you move Evan Holm or Dietrich Nichols. I just right. don't think you move one of those guys. If Alden Darby, if there's ever an issue with him, Reda Cramdy, the Canadian special teamer, uh, he would be the, the dimebacker or the strong side linebacker as uh, it's archaically referred. It's the dime. Uh but uh, the, the rest of the way, um, you know, people asking about um, uh, Kenny Lawler, still no update on Kenny Lawler, getting things straightened out with immigration uh, and his uh, ability to work uh, in Canada. Um, and uh, Mike Miller, uh, still on the six-game injury list. I don't think anything's going to change there. Saw him on the sidelines at practice on Monday. Uh, hard to recognize him. Shaved his head or at least took it down real tight uh, to the dome. Uh, but, uh, he's just, uh, just watching on running back is interesting. People mentioning Greg McRae. Yeah. Maybe McRae would be a one, two punch with Johnny Augustine at running back. Uh, if Brady Oliver is indeed down for week three against the, uh, the BC Lions. but it'll be interesting. Oh, yeah. I don't, nothing to be presumed yet. Uh, with the depth chart coming out Wednesday. Well, and another, another guy I'm looking at the chat here, Peter saying, uh, Mohammed could come in. Now I know Mohammed's a Muhammad, halfback, yeah. Brad Mohammed, but could he play? Could he play corner? I don't know. Yeah, uh, Brad Mohammed joined, uh, of course, formerly of the Calgary Stampeders, and I think he started and played in 16 games for the Stamps last year. And 
Zach, you you mentioned it when the Bombers signed him. You know, he's had some good games against Winnipeg. Uh, He played half for Calgary. Can he play corner? Probably. Yeah. But boundary corner, I think you want a guy that knows your system, that has been here longer. I think it's smarter to put Brad Muhammad in, um, for lack of a better way of putting it, a lesser role to Mm -hmm. begin. Because he's been here just just a couple weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to get into our picks? Let's do it. Oof, let's do guy. it. My guy, I, uh, I, I stumbled last week. You stumbled a little bit, but you know what? You had a huge week one. So here it is your, uh, bonfire sports bonfire midweek CFL against the spread picks. You have Zach on the left, myself on the right. If you want to join us this year, SIA.com slash bonfire with that uh, link that exclusive link. Uh, you help us out here on the channel if you sign up and, and make a deposit, and you can get a 100% bonus. Uh, and uh, you know, put a couple shekels down, as as my buddy Shitsy says. Uh, you took Hamilton minus two uh, and placed two units on that. So you bet two units on the Tie Cats to cover two. Ouch. You missed there, so that dropped you to uh, minus one. But then you had Winnipeg minus six and a half. They won by that and some. You only bet one unit on yeah. the bombers how come what happened what's going on i don't know i just thought with the riders uh they had they showed a pretty good defense and i thought it's in regina maybe they're maybe you know regression to the mean we're not going to keep beating them every time or keep killing them every time they're going to come back to 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 earth a little bit but um hey i was happily proven wrong but but if someone on the chat said cj keep taking winnipeg i will this week buddy you you were happily proven wrong but you were right i was right with winnipeg you i just was, were hedging was, a little bit i was hedging a bit but i i really uh i thought hamilton would would have a bounce back game um well that that's really, why i really didn't. enjoy not just making our picks but putting putting something down on it as you see here i put three yeah. units on edmonton in week one and lost so that dropped me big time four overall as I went over in week one, but uh, two on BC to cover. Yeah, they rolled to that. They they covered it in the first half alone. Uh, and then Calgary six and a half. I hit on that as well. So I'm back to minus one and two and two on the season. You're even scratch Zach Schnitzer, but also two and two on the season. So we're tied up and one point apart. Um, yeah. So let's get into our picks uh, for SIA.com slash bonfire looking ahead to CFL week three. And I'll uh, once again get rid of the logo. So you got the BC Lions in Winnipeg on Thursday night. This line has moved a little bit, uh, but Blue Bombers currently favored at six. And I think this yeah. is a game you want to pick, correct? We also have to do our power rankings, buddy. We can't forget our power we'll, we'll rankings. We'll get into the, oh, we're, we're going to rank the league. Oh yes. Oh yeah, we got a rank. We we got a rank. We got a rank. Um listen, Sandy, how are you doing? I see you there. Thanks for the cup. Love it. Uh Winnipeg minus 6. I'll take the Bombers. I think even if Oliveira can't go, even if Houston can't go, we just have Zach is just playing at another level and he's so in sync with his receivers. I don't I don't think BC can stop. Plus, I just think the field position will be in our favor the entire night because of Grant and the and the the difficulties BC has had against stopping him. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take Winnipeg and I'm gonna put 
two units on it. Two put, units. Two units on Winnipeg. Let me. Uh, yes, sir. Okay. You're going to put two units on Winnipeg to cover six. Yeah. At home on Thursday night. Okay. Six yeah. even. Not six and a yeah. half as it currently stands right now. So those are your odds on SIA.com slash bonfire right now. So Thursday night, you got the Bombers. Friday, Montreal at Hamilton. Yeah. And uh, the Ticats, without Bo Levi Mitchell, are two yeah. and a half point favorites. That line has moved. That surprised me. They were they were one point favorites. This was a pick 'em game. Um, and I will take the Montreal Alouettes. Are you? Yeah, I'll take Montreal. I'll I'll put you're, you're uh, jumping I'll, I'll on put it. One. I'll jump on it. I'll put one unit on that one. Um, I don't think Montreal is a super deep or talented team, but Hamilton, I think, is a tire fire. Now now that they've spurned me last week, I'm just going to dump on them. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and I'm, and I'm going to take Montreal to, uh, to be the upset, to See, pull off I, the upset. I was going to jump on that one and take the tie cats but you are you're taking the game you claimed hey, it. hey listen you can you can take the tie cats oh, no 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 too late my friend you got it you no, got it you jumped both, on it you can, got it why can't See, we both pick it why can't we both pick the same game we're taking the the uh different different uh teams is that what you want to do is that what you want to I do don't mind. See, everybody out there is like getting the, they're getting the, you know, how the sausage is made. They're getting the behind the scenes right now because you and I normally figure this out before the show. We did it this week. We we didn't, we didn't do that this week. So yeah, you want to pick the same game? Okay, I'll do it. So I'll put myself in. All right. I like it. This is, this is really going to change things. So I'm going to take Hamilton minus 2.5. Okay. Okay. So uh, Saturday, uh, we have the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders in Calgary and uh, the Stamps, three and a half point favorites over the Rough Riders who, you know, like in Saskatchewan, I think Bombers fans will get a, a giggle out of it. They're talking about a moral victory despite the loss against right. Winnipeg because Trevor Harris threw for a lot of yards. The defense uh, played okay, even though they they allowed a lot of points, they um, you know, they, they did some good things, uh, you know, and now the riders are, are dogs on the road sitting at one and one against the one and one stamps. Yeah. What do you, what do you think of that game? Are you, are you venturing that way? I, I don't know. I don't know if I like this game. I don't know if I like that line. I might be more inclined closer to kickoff, um, and, and see how the injury reports shake out and the rest, but I don't like it too much right now. What I do like is Toronto minus six and a half. I really, really, really like this number. So I'm going to take Toronto minus six and a half in Edmonton. And I know Chris O'Leary of uh, CFL.ca took the Elks in his pick this week. Did he? The only CFL.ca writer to take the Elks. Um Maybe he's trying to to you know spread uh, uh, spread it out a little bit. I, I don't know, but I really like Toronto minus six and a half. I think a touchdown uh, is a, is a good uh, chunk. Uh, it's a good number. I think um, I think they can win by that. So I'm going to take two units on Toronto to cover six and a half. What do you think of that? I like it. Okay. I mean the Elks. I get what O'Leary's saying. Maybe he thinks the Elks need to 
win at home at some point. It can't last forever. Um, but we'll see that. So you're taking one unit on Hamilton by two and a half? Uh, you know what? I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to put two on them too. I'm feeling good. I'm pulling two units on both. So look at this. I bet four units in week one. I bet three units in week two. I bet four units in week three and you've gone three, three, three. I'm a little bit more conservative, but I'm winning. Hey, that's all right. I'm, I'm killing you by a point. I'm killing you by a point. We're even, we're two and two each. Uh, in our picks, but uh, we'll see how things shake out uh, with our SIA.com slash bonfire picks against the spread uh, this year. I like that you and I are taking the same game, Montreal plus two and a half. Uh, you're putting one unit on it. Very confident, Zach. I got two units on Hamilton to cover two and a half. I think Matthew Schiltz has what it wow. takes. Ticat's home opener, man. The Thai Cats. Yeah. It's the Thai Cats. Yeah, now. I know how I you feel about that. them versus me, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, the thing we talked about coming into the show was we've now seen every team except Montreal and Toronto play two games, and yeah, like like Montreal week one. I, I think we got a good enough picture of of what we might see from them this year. Cody Fajardo um, yeah. remarried with Zach with Jason Moss. Yeah. So. Um, and, and, you know, is Chad Kelly for real? We'll, we'll see. They, they're not, they don't have much of a test, uh, coming up here, uh, going to Edmonton to, to take on the Elks, but, uh, where do you see the tiers of the CFL? So for those that don't know what I mean by that is you've got teams that are close to one another, right? So like, let's say you don't like Montreal, you don't like Ottawa, you don't like Edmonton. Okay. Well, that's the bottom tier. Yeah. Then you got the middle tier, right? You got Calgary, you got uh, Saskatchewan, you got Hamilton, right? And then you got the upper tier. Okay, I like BC, I like Toronto, I like Winnipeg. Uh, or maybe you got Winnipeg in its own tier, right? So where are your tiers in the CFL as we enter week three, Zach? Oh, I only, only have tiers of joy, buddy. Um, I mean, this week we'll see if Winnipeg's in its own tier. I think if they beat up on BC, they're in their own tier by themselves. But for now, I kind of will echo what you said. I have Toronto, BC, and Winnipeg in the top tier. Okay. At the very bottom, I, I the only thing I would change from Montreal, Edmonton, Ottawa is I'm going to throw Hamilton down there too. Okay. Because they're 0-2. They haven't won a game, and they they kind of got blown out in both of them. The score flattered them in week one. I know they only lost by 11, but really the score flattered them. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't have a ton of confidence in Matthew Schultz to write that ship. And then in the middle, I've got Calgary, Saskatchewan. And I guess, no, I guess that's it. Calgary and Saskatchewan would be kind of my middle tier uh and teams that play each other. So that should be interesting. Yeah. So here are your CFL standings uh, up on the screen. Uh, if you're watching uh, live or afterwards on YouTube and Facebook, uh, if you're checking out the podcast, appreciate you guys downloading Bonfire Sports, leave a review in your podcast app or hop on over to youtube.com slash Bonfire Sports and uh, give us a thumbs up. That's what you need to do. Uh, 
so the BC Lions, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, yeah, absolutely. When we see these two teams square off Thursday night, we're going to get a very, a much clearer picture of where the BC Lions are. Are they, you know, contenders or are they pretenders? And I know people in BC don't want to hear that because they're 2-0 and and they had 31,000 plus fans and LL Cool J and uh, the defense looks good and the offense looks good and Vernon Adams Jr. looks like a polished veteran quarterback. But I want to see you play against the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, BC Lions. I want to see how you take on uh, the class of the CFL. I don't know who it was, Zach. Um, after the uh, the BC Lions 22 nothing drubbing of the Edmonton Elks. The post-game interview on TSN, I can't remember who the player was, but they stated clearly that the Blue Bombers are the standard that everybody is aiming for yeah. right now. So coming yeah. to Winnipeg on a short week uh, will be a challenge for BC, but if it's a competitive football game, I think the stock of the BC Lions will continue totally. to rise. If Winnipeg is able to, to, you know, handle business pretty comfortably, uh, I don't know if BC deserves to be in that upper class. So my tiers in the CFL right now are Winnipeg, and that's it. They're on their own. I don't think anybody uh, deserves to be in the same class right now as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. I have got BC and Toronto kind of 1A, 1B, and, and or maybe, you know, Toronto 1B because they've just won one game against Hamilton, who's winless, against yeah. a quarterback in Bo Levi that, that hasn't done much. So, yeah, they're the defending Grey Cup champs, but mm, it, it's a real mushy middle in the CFL right now. Uh, so Toronto, Saskatchewan, uh, I, I kind of have... I, I really, you know, it's almost too many tiers, but I have Winnipeg on their own. I have BC right there below them. We'll see how Thursday shakes out. Uh, Toronto, Saskatchewan, um, Calgary. I have kind of in that middle tier. And then, um, yeah, I mean, Hamilton's 0-2. Ottawa's 0-2. Edmonton's 0-2. Uh, and Montreal is 1-1, one one, but I've got them uh, in that bottom rung as well. I'm not impressed with, with the Montreal Alouettes. So uh, the East, outside of the Toronto Argonauts, are, are four teams, three of which are in my bottom uh, my bottom tier in, in the CFL right now. So the East continues to be the division of the least. Um, but but that's how I see it. I, I can't give the Toronto Argonauts too much. I can't give them too much respect, Zach. I, I just can't. One, one game. Well, well, they they lost they lost um, their starting quarterback in McLeod Bethel Thompson. They lost Chris Edwards. Um, what have you their... been under a rock this week? Chad Kelly's the second coming. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Is is he is he really? Um, did he impress you enough to say he's got the goods, or where are you on Chad Kelly? Uh, he impressed me enough to, you know, erase some doubts. I don't know if he has the goods like like he's got skills. He has got potential. He has got pedigree. Yeah. Obviously, he's a Kelly, right? But it's one game where he had three rushing touchdowns and he looked really good running the football just like he did in the Grey Cup. Looked really good running the football. Um he was 60 
percent passing or 61 percent passing 14 to 23 for 238 yards no touchdowns no interceptions okay um darius coxie the uh new kid on the block in in the <laughs> in the in the cfl receiving conversation uh had a game high 131 yards receiving yeah. caught six of the seven passes his way two second down conversions uh, and, uh, you know, had, had a whole pile of yak to add on to that. 56 of his 131 uh, were after the catch. Chad Kelly didn't dice anybody up outside no. of Jagir Davis and, and you know, really juking him <laughs> yeah. uh, on, on a goal line. Rush that was play. a nice juke. Yeah, it really was. Chad Kelly can do some things with his legs. But I saw composure. I see yeah. growing confidence. I see leadership from Chad Kelly. And as much as you can see that watching on TV, right? Uh, talking to people, the Toronto Argonauts have been very, very high on Chad Kelly for a long time. It's not just this year because he's their number one. They wanted him to come to Canada. They got him here and saw what he could do and have been high on him throughout. So when yeah. they gave him the the reins to uh, to the offense... Um, you know, they, they have a lot of confidence in him. AJ Ouellette, Andrew Harris, you know, uh, those receivers, Curly Gittins Jr., Deveris Daniels, Coxie, uh, Cam Phillips, uh, you know, a, a pure like pedigree, um, you know, NCAA stud NFL prospect, um, you know, who's now, uh, you know, just a, a really nice, uh, you know, a receiver kind of coming into his own in the, into his own in the CFL. They have a lot of weapons around him, which is nice. That one-two punch at the running back spot with with Ouellette, uh and Harris. Um, I, I think Chad Kelly has everything in place to be successful. But one game does not a story tell. So we'll see. We'll see what the Toronto Argonauts have. Um, you know, CFL Week Three in Edmonton. I don't think that's going to be too much of a, well, if, Hey, if he can, you know, put up this many yards and, and, you know, do this or that against Edmonton, we'll see, um, you know, CFL week four is probably where we're going to get a better picture, uh, of, of Chad Kelly with the BC lions traveling to Toronto Monday, July 3rd. That's going to be a, that's, that's right. going to be a heck of a game on on the holiday weekend. Well, it, it'll be interesting to see him play against Edmonton only because, uh, Chris Jones and what can Chris Jones do to an inexperienced quarterback? Um, maybe, but if he continues to rush three, like he did, uh, last week against BC, like VA just looked like he had all day in the pocket. Yeah. I don't know why he kept only rushing three defensive linemen at VA because it wasn't working. Even though you're dropping nine nine guys into coverage, VA was just sitting there waiting, just picking him apart. Chris Jones is going to do what Chris Jones does, right? Yeah. So sometimes it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. No, and 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 that's the whole thing, right? Like like nobody looks at a guru or a genius and says, "Oh yeah, I see what they're doing. That makes sense." They get those accolades because they're able to do things that people aren't expecting, and they're able to do things that um, you know catch people off guard a little bit by yeah. success so um yeah but it ain't working it's not a i don't see him as a guru if it's not working well defensively yeah you know vernon adams jr and the bc lions offense taquan mizell their running back um you'll hear it in my my one-on-one -on -one conversation with bola combo 
Mizell has so much speed, uh, new to the CFL, but he has been very, very good. One of the top running backs in the league uh, in the early going as a rookie. Um, you know, they really knocked the socks off the Calgary Stampeders in week one. And then, you know, week two, yeah, it was a 22 nothing win, but it wasn't a 42 nothing win. They, so they scored nine points in the first half. With yeah. like, and, and think about that too. F- football is chess. Your offense can't stay on the field and the defense still held Vernon Adams Jr. to three field goals, right? Yeah. So yeah. I don't think the defense is the problem. I don't think uh, people crapping on, on the, the Edmonton Elks right now are doing it because Chris Jones' defense is, is, isn't playing good or something like that. They have a quarterback that can't move the chains. Plain and simple. You know, they, they had 10 first downs, 11 first downs against yeah. uh, BC last week. Zero points. Uh, he threw for less than 100 yards. Like it's, I'll call a spade a spade. It was, it's pathetic. Offensively yeah, it was garbage. In Edmonton. Yeah. So. Yeah. Sad. Sad for Edmonton fans, for sure. Like it's, yeah. it's not good for the CFL. That's their, one of our flagship franchises. They, they can get the, you know, biggest turnout in, in a week to week basis. Uh, just sad. Yep. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully brighter times are, are on the horizon for Edmonton. Uh, Chris Jones, we have our quarterback. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if that changes. We'll see. Uh, I we'll don't think see, it'll be Kyle indeed. Oxley. I think they might have to go to, to, to Trey Ford. Um, right. You know, DT put out a tweet this week saying, you know, what quarterback could Edmonton trade for? I don't Dane know if Evans. there is one. Dane Evans, maybe? Oof. Yeah, but if you're BC, do you really want to trade your number two? Things are going well right now. Probably not. Yeah. Like, you got to find not. a good quarterback from a team that's willing to move on from one. Right. So, Nick Arbuckle? <laughs> maybe. Yeah, I could see Ottawa saying, okay, you know, we'll, we'll go with we'll go with our see other you, guys Nick. once Masoli's healthy. But, uh, yeah, I mean, who knows? Uh, if I was feeling like the Edmonton Elks, I know where I would go to feel better. Shannon's Irish Pub. They are the spot. If you've never been, I'm telling you, you got to go, man. It's so cool in that place. Underneath the streets, downtown Winnipeg, 175 Carlton. Uh, just a quick shot down the block from True North Square. Uh, just such a cool wood-clad basement, uh, eclectic atmosphere. Awesome food, ice-cold drinks, uh, unless you take your whiskey neat. They will serve it to you right. It's an Irish pub after all. Uh, go check them out. Shannonsirishpub.ca. And uh, you can find them on Instagram as well at uh, Shannon's Irish Pub. Kind of, you know, neat and tidy show here today, Zach. I'm impressed. Very I'm impressed with you. Tidy. Oh, the feeling's mutual. And of course, our fire starters have been lighting it up here on the chat as usual. Yeah. Uh, so... I have another pass to um, Scottswood Links. And if you've never Ooh. been, it is another hidden gem. And I mean that. Uh, Prairie Meadow Golf Course is the way they describe it. Uh, I have good friends out there. It's a very quick shot uh, just southwest of Winnipeg uh, on Highway 3 um, in Elm Creek, Manitoba. Beautiful country out there. Uh, go check it out. Uh we need a code word, Zach. Right now, what you'll do if you want a free foursome with carts, with power carts, 
to Scottswood Links in Elm Creek. Uh, you're going to text the hotline now with your name and your email address. And what is the code word, Zach? Make it an easy one. Don't kill him. I'll say it's Firestarter. Again? No, give them a new no, code I word. did Kindling last time. You did Kindling last time. We've done Firestarter because I'm looking at the, you know, people are what? texting me and I see the old conversations. Give me something oh. creative. Oh, okay. You're putting me on the spot here. Uh... Burning? Oh man, you're you're being anything but creative. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to link it to bonfire, buddy. Well, let's marshmallow. Link it to, let's link it to the. <laughs> let's link it to the. You want to go marshmallow? We'll go marshmallow. I like that. I like that. Don't torture your marshmallow on the bonfire. So text marshmallow your name and email address, and I will send you if you win a foursome plus power carts to Scottswood links in Elm Creek, Manitoba. Nice. You tell them bonfire sent you Well, you're going to go there and, and get your pass. Right. So, so they're going to know bonfire sent you, but right. uh, go check them out. And even if you don't win, go see them uh, uh, a really, really cool course that uh, continues to get better and better every year. The back nine, Ooh, the back nine is so nice. It's well treated and uh, water features. And, and uh, th they got this one par three in particular onto an island or like a, a little kind of pseudo island, uh, tons of water around it, real challenging course, really fun course with uh, elevation change. Uh, it's not your average uh, prairie course. So uh, go see them at uh, Elevation change in a prairie meadow. I like it. Oh, yes. Sounds good. Oh, yes. I also like s'mores. David Asplund uh, uh, giving us s'mores as a code word. Maybe next time I'll, that's Maybe a Maybe next one. time. Yeah. So text Marshmallow. <laughs> David, how are you doing? That's the code word, Marshmallow, with your name uh, and email address to the Bonfire Hotline, 204-816-8477. Standard message rates apply, just like texting your mama, as we always say. Okay, final word, Zach, uh, as we look ahead to Thursday night's game, you will join me, of course, as always, on Game Day After Dark and our post-game show here on the channel. And then, of course, uh, ahead of tomorrow, Wednesday, live at 3 o'clock, The Big Man, 63 legendary Chris Walby uh, for game day Winnipeg and your pregame show. Buddy, I can't wait to hear you and Walby tomorrow. What, what time are you going? Are you going right after Three Winnipeg Sports sharp. Talk? Three? Yeah. Nice. Okay. What's that, an air raid or something? Something. Yeah, it's called a, yeah, a, a, or it's like a Twitch raid or YouTube calls it something oh, different. Okay. But if you're watching Winnipeg Sports Talk, you'll automatically move over when they nice. are done to uh game day winnipeg and, and bonfire sports so that'll, that'll it's be, be good it's gonna be good buddy like i i am so excited for this thursday it's always fun when you get a battle of the unbeatens even if it's early in the season and just so much at stake in terms of the conversation and what people are really going to take away from the the tiered system and the tiered power rankings in the CFL and if, yeah. and if Winnipeg, you know, are my big question is, are they going to continue to curb stomp teams? Uh, and it's fun to watch. Can they put up another 40 burger on a team? That would be exciting. I think it'll be an electric atmosphere, super fun to watch. People will be watching to see what Janarian Grant's going to do. It's just going to be great. And who knows, maybe you'll get another Schnitzer stair climb in like last game. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Yeah, our old friend Nick Kowalski. So for you bonfire OGs out there, you remember Nick 
uh, now a uh, staff member of the BC Lions. Him and I might do a little something uh, on the field prior to the game. We won't be able to go nice. live due to, uh, you know, broadcast rights uh, restrictions and that sort of thing. But we'll post that up, uh, you know, on our uh, Facebook and, uh, and Instagram and maybe even throw up a, uh, a YouTube short or reel or whatever they are. Uh, we'll throw that up. Final thought from me, Zach, is Winnipeg, BC, week three, the Blue Bombers schedule upcoming at Montreal, home to Calgary, at Ottawa, home to Edmonton, and then they're by in week eight. So through July, Winnipeg, Montreal, Ottawa, Edmonton, and then Calgary and BC. Oh, man. Stacking. I think they're going to be stacking points in the standings. That's yeah. all I'm saying. I just hope they don't, they don't, uh, they don't peak too early. You know, it's hard. Like if you're pounding teams and you're, you know, six and oh, seven and oh, seven, six and one, seven and one, and uh, they wrap up the West Division early this year, again, it's hard. It's hard. Even for a team as cultured as the Bombers, it's hard to keep your yourself psychologically prepared and keep your edge, eh? Yes. But I think in that, well said by you in that they are cultured, right? That culture is the key of, you know, keeping your head on straight and, and not looking at the standing saying, oh, we've won X amount of games and, you know, we've won by this many points. It's just going out there, doing your job on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday at practice, uh, prepping on Thursday, going out there, playing on Friday or whatever it might be, uh, and, and just uh, keeping focused on the task at hand. When you're as good as the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are, and yes, it's early CFL fans. You know, not everybody in the bonfire tonight uh, is, is you know, tried and true blue and gold like you, Zach. Um, I understand it's early, but there's a reason people are talking about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers being the class of the CFL because of what we're seeing on the field. It's not just wins, but it's how they're winning and just the different ways that they can beat you. Uh, let alone Zach Kolaris, two-time reigning MOP, the top-rated quarterback in pro football focus, week one and week two. Uh, and, uh, well, that, that's why everyone's looking forward to Thursday. CFL game of the week, Lions-Bombers on Thursday night. I guess we'll see you then. Yeah, buddy. We'll see you after dark, as usual. I'm waiting for your magic word, as always. Have a great one, everybody. Appreciate you joining us, and we'll see you on the pregame uh, at 3 o'clock in the postgame after the game here on Bonfire Sports. Sayonara, everybody.